0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Well, it's really good to be here today. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2 to start. I don't really have a text verse. We're going to be looking at uh, quite a few verses today, but um, we'll start on 1 Peter chapter 2 and then we'll move on to Luke chapter 2 as well. And man, I'm really excited to be here. I I really am. I love to preach here and um, it's just a great blessing. This is my my church family and I get to preach around a lot, but um, not too much here on Sunday. So it's a real blessing to be able to preach here uh, today. And before we uh, read our text verse, um, let's open up with a word of prayer. Dearly Father, Lord, we love you so much. We thank you so much for this day. I praise your holy name and uh, thank you so much for my church family and this church and blessing us, Lord. You're so good to us, Lord. And I just thank you so much for that. I uh, Thank you for my lovely wife. She's just the blessing of my life. I love her so much. Uh, I pray that you just be uh, just moving a mighty way in the service tonight, Lord. Take away every ounce of selfishness, every ounce of me in this message. Help me hide behind the cross of Christ and preach thus saith the Lord. I love you so much. I praise your name. If there's anybody in here who's not saved, Lord, I pray that you work on their hearts and help them call upon you. We love you so much. We praise your name and we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about Christmas today. It's Uh, That time of the year and it's just an amazing thing Christmas. I love it so much and um, I'm one of those people that really get into it I uh, jam out to the Christmas music and um, I kind of like to listen to it around Halloween a little bit I'm one of those guys Um, and I just love Christmas very much and one of my favorite things that I love and I think we all do is decorating the Christmas tree. That's something that we all love to do. Now how many of you um, have a Christmas tree in your house by a show of hands? All right, most of you, right? all right three three that's right all right um, uh, okay so the majority of you do that Sen. how many of you have a real tree in your house okay how many of you have a fake tree all right quite a bit quite a bit more with the fake trees quite a bit more well it's funny because we always have debates on which one's better I, I used to be a fake tree kind of guy uh, that's what I grew up with but uh, my wife kind of steered me to the dark side a little bit, and uh, we got the real trees now, and we really like that, but we all have Christmas trees, the majority of us, of us do in our house, and um, I looked up a stat, and actually 95 million houses have a Christmas tree in their house this year, 95 million, we love Christmas trees, they're awesome, right, we have a great time, and um, we always like to decorate the tree, and uh, figure out which one is the nicest, me and my wife, we went to Pier, South Dakota, and at the State Capitol building there, they have hundreds and hundreds of christmas trees and it's just such a beautiful sight. and when me and my wife were there we we looked at one of the christmas trees and i like this one better and she liked the other one better and we kind of debated about which christmas tree was better which christmas tree was more significant and i think we do that as well we're kind of biased um, when it comes to Christmas trees, I think my Christmas tree is the best looking Christmas tree. But you probably think your tree is better looking than mine. We we talk about that a lot. We debate about that. But I believe that the most significant tree of this Christmas season is not the one in your family room. And it's not the one in Pierce, South Dakota. But it is the tree that was formed into a cross over 2000 years ago and placed on Calvary's Hill. The, cre- the tree that I'm talking about is the tree where Jesus Christ hung on the cross for you and for me. And that's what we see in First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Now we see this word used a lot in the Bible, but right here we see that he hung on a tree at Calvary. First Peter chapter 2 verse 24 says, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. He's saying he hung there on a tree. He hung there on Calvary's tree. And now today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you guys about why God's Christmas tree is so much better than our tree. So much better than the trees that we know of today. I want to look at God's Christmas tree. And um, there's a lot of differences between our tree and God's Christmas tree. Um, the picking of the tree is different. Now, me and my wife, we um, have a tradition about every Saturday or Sunday after, uh, after Thanksgiving, we go and we pick out a Christmas tree. We go to TNS, uh, tree farm and Haywarden and we have a really good time we get our saw out and um, we go pick out that perfect tree for us and it's a great time and uh, with me and my wife having a new house this year um, man we wanted that most beautiful tree we wanted that perfect tree and so we got there and um, I, I like this tree I'm like Hannah what about this tree and she said no that one's too bushy and I'm like all right well what about this tree that one's too tall that one's too small that one's too fat that one's dead on the bottom Michael And um, I'm just like, all right, let's pick a tree. All right, let's pick a tree. But she wanted the most beautiful tree. And um, after a while, we we searched and searched and searched for about 30 minutes. And then we came on the right one. And it was like the angels came down and was like, oh, like that was the perfect tree for us. It was so beautiful. It was our tree for our house. It was a beautiful tree. But you see, God's tree was a lot different. Our tree was beautiful, but God's tree was brutal. Our tree was ravishing, but God's tree was rugged, because it's referring to that old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame, where Jesus Christ died for you and for me. The picking of the tree is different, but not only that, the path of the tree is a little different as well. After I got the tree that was ours, man, you could tell it was the perfect tree for us, because I only had to saw for like one, two, three, and it went down. Normally, it takes a lot longer than that, but it was the perfect tree for us, and I remember I was really gentle with that tree. Um, we were going to have to shove it in our Prius, and that was the plan, but then Jesse let us put it in his truck, so I was thankful for that. And we put it in the truck. We drove down to our house in Akron, and um, just a few feet from our house, and I remember I took that tree, and I kind of held it like a baby, man, because it was, it was that perfect tree. I was very delicate with it, and I guided it into our house, and then um, right when I got to the door, Jesse felt compelled to help me with that tree because he didn't want the, the, the Brussels, Brussels, what are they called? Yeah, to to get in it. So he helped me. He felt compelled to help me uh, bring that tree in. And I only had to walk a few feet. But you see, Jesus Christ had to walk a lot farther with his tree. But before he carried his tree, he was beaten by the Roman soldiers. He had his back scourged with the cat of nine tails. The hair plucked from his face. He had the crown of thorns on his head. He was smitten and spit on. And then after all of that, he was instructed to carry his tree on the path of the Via De La Rosa the way of suffering, over 2,000 feet, he had to carry that cross to his death on Calvary Hill. You see, it was a lot different than my pathway to the tree. So the path of the tree was different. The picking of the tree was different. But not only that, the placing of the tree was different. I took that tree in and I was very careful with it. My wife got the stand where it needed to go and I was very careful just trying to guide it in and, and I just wanted it to be perfect. And I put it in that hole and it started to tilt, got angry a little bit, but eventually I got that thing to to just fit perfectly and it it was right there, I was very delicate with my tree. But that wasn't the case with God's. You see, after he got to Golgotha's hill, he had his hands and his feet nailed to that tree and then God's tree was dropped with a bone rattling, skin tearing, joint dislocating thud into a hole. No care in the world. The placing of the tree was different. But then we look at the preparation of the tree, and there are some similarities to the preparation of the tree. Now, after we got that tree in that hole and it was ready to go, we finally got to go to the best part about Christmas and decorating that tree. We get to personalize it in our way, and it's a, it's a great time. We jammed out to some Christmas music. We lit some candles to make it smell like Christmas, and we even had some Christmas pudding for some reason. We did that, and it was, it was a good time. And Then we started to decorate our tree. We wrap the lights around, the ribbon, and then we put the ornaments on. And each ornament has a story, and it's just a great time. Me and my wife had a really good time doing that. But did you know that God's tree was decorated as well? His tree was decorated. You see, our tree, we decorate our trees with bulbs, but God's tree was decorated with the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, the blood that he shed for you and for me. His crimson blood wrapped around that tree like a ribbon. It was decorated a little different. We decorate our tree with ornaments, but God's tree was decorated with the offering of Jesus Christ, the offering of his body. Hebrews 10.10 says, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. A little bit different. And then some of our ornaments have stuff written on them indicating what the ornament is and the story behind it. We've got one that says, Mr. and Mrs. Moose, indicating that we got that right after we got married or one that says Michael 2007, and it indicates kind of a story behind that. And did you know God had something similar on history? You see, above history had the sign written by Pilate, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Some similarities there. And then the final thing we do, after we get the ornaments on, the lights on, the ribbon, and it's looking really good, we get that Christmas star. And me and my wife, I'm kind of a romantic, so I I like to have us hold that star together as we guide it on top of the tree, and it's just kind of like fun for us. And then we put that on the top of the tree, and it indicates that it was finished, and that it was done. We finished with that tree. And you know, God had a tree as well. God had a star as well on his tree. You see, we had a really good star, a really beautiful star. We got it at Target. It's a great star for our tree, but God's tree was so much better because on God's tree hangs... The bright and morning star, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And for that reason and that reason alone, God's tree is so much better than your tree and my tree. It is the most significant tree on this Christmas season, God's tree at Calvary. So we look at God's Christmas tree. We look at why God's Christmas tree is better, but I also want to look at the gifts under the tree. The gifts under under the tree. Because, well, all right, that's not skipping. Oh well. All right, the gifts under the tree as well because every single christmas tree you got to have gifts under the tree right that's not right at all if you don't have gifts under the christmas tree whether you'd put it on before christmas or christmas morning it just makes the tree having those gifts under there and did you know god had gifts under his tree as well god had gifts under his christmas tree he really did and we love giving gifts we really do how many of you like to give gifts how many of you enjoy doing that I, i love doing that i'm pretty good at it my wife stresses out when it comes to giving gifts for people. She doesn't like to do it, but I really enjoy it. It's fun. Now, every year you get some good Christmas gifts and you get some not good Christmas gifts. Not so good Christmas gifts, right? And there, there might be times where maybe you're hinting around for something, right? You, you really want something for Christmas and you're like, man, it would be really great if I got some new theology books for Christmas. Cough, cough. You know, some Paul Chapel books, you know, and you're trying to leave some hints here and there, trying to, trying to ask that that's what you want for Christmas, and uh, then Christmas morning comes, you open up the, the gift, and it's like socks or something like that. It, it, there's going be, to be some times where you don't get some good gifts. You get some bad gifts, right? It reminds me of this kid who was writing a letter to Santa Claus, and um, he said, Dear Santa, you did not give me any good gifts for Christmas last year. And you didn't get me any good Christmas gifts the year before. And Santa, this is your last chance. Signs, Charlie. You want to know something, though? We we, we feel like that from time to time, right? We feel like we don't get very good gifts. But you want to know something? You can never say that about God. You can never say that about God. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of light. Every good gift that we have comes from Jesus Christ. In fact, 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gifts. The gift that is so much better than any gift we can look at, any gift we own, we have that unspeakable gift in our life. His gifts are perfect. And God's gifts under the tree are the best gifts in the world. And you want to know something? We have access to these gifts. You see, those gifts on Calvary's tree, under his tree, it says your name on it. And you want to know something, you don't have to be on the nice list to get that, get that gift. You just have to accept that gift, and you can have the gifts under God's tree. It's an amazing thing. Not just on Christmas morning, but 365 days out of the year, we can have that gift under God's tree. Um, we, but a lot of times we think we have to work for it. We have to work for those gifts. That's not the case. It reminds me of this young boy who was uh, praying to Jesus getting ready for Christmas time, and he was praying, and he said, Dear Jesus, I really want a PlayStation 5 for Christmas. Oh, I really want a PlayStation 5, and I've been, I've been really good for the last six months. Okay, I've been really good for the last three months. <sighs> okay, I've been really good for the last two weeks. And then the boy stopped for a second, got up from his prayer, and he went into the living room where his mom had a nativity scene um, for decoration. And the little boy grabbed the Mary figurine there and came back and got on his knees and started praying. And he said, all right, Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, you give me a PlayStation 5. Right. You know, but we we can't work to get those gifts. We can't be a good enough person to get those gifts. The Bible says, for all have sins and come short of the glory of God. But if we can just accept those gifts, we can experience all that God has for us. And if you've put your trust in Jesus Christ, if you've accepted him as your personal Savior, you can have those gifts under his tree. Amen. And we're going to look at those gifts today. And his gifts are seen perfectly, and they were displayed perfectly on that first Christmas. And we're going to look at that today. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 now, if you want to turn there. Luke chapter number 2. Now, the first gift I want to look at is the gift of his presence, the gift of his presence. Did you know the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and you have his presence in your life. You've got Jesus Christ living inside of you. And now because of that, you can live a righteous, holy life for the Lord. This is a gift from God because before we got saved, we could not be in the presence of God. Our sins separated us from God. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And there's a penalty for that. There's a penalty for sin. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is separation. But the verse isn't over there. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You accept that gift of salvation, you now have Jesus Christ in your hearts, in your life, and you have the gifts of of his presence once we accept the gift of salvation we have god with us we have god in our life that truth is seen when jesus came into the worlds as a baby in a manger matthew 1 23 says behold a virgin shall be with childs and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name emmanuel which being interpreted is god with us god is with us in jesus christ That's the essence of Christmas right there. The baby in the manger was God himself in the person of his son. He was deity in the diaper. He was deity in a diaper. The king of the universe had come down to be with us to save sinners. He came to this earth. He dwelt among us, God with us. He lived 33 sinless years on this earth died on the cross and rose again the third day. And because of that, we can be saved and we can have a personal one-on-one relationship with Jesus Christ. Hey, I get to be best friends with Jesus Christ. The Bible says I got that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I get to walk with him, spend time with him. Man, I get to spend time with the creator of the worlds, the God of the universe, the God that knows the number of hairs on our head. Hey, the gift of his presence is an amazing thing. We have the gift of his presence in our life. Now, we spend time in his presence in two ways. It's really simple. I ask the youth this um, just about every week, two ways, prayer, reading your Bible. That's the two ways to get in the presence of God because um, to grow your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it takes communication, right? And communication is a two-way street. Prayer is us talking to God, but reading your Bible is God talking to you. You spend time in his presence. You do those two things, man. You're spending time in the presence of God. This is the word of God written to us. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was the word, amen. So we're spending time in his presence when we're digging into this book. It's an amazing thing. This is God's letter to us. There are promises in this book for you. It's an amazing thing. And so once we start reading this book and digging out those promises for us, and once we start praying to God, talking to our best friend, man, we're spending time, in his presence the gift of his presence in our life and it's an amazing thing david brainerd said this oh one hour with god infinitely exceeds all the pleasures and delights of this lower world yeah. just one hour with god hey the gift of his presence is an amazing thing now let me ask you something have you ever got a gift for somebody and you worked really hard on it maybe you made it or you spent a lot of money on it maybe for your kids and then they open it up christmas morning and they're they're really excited and they're like oh this is great then like five minutes later, they push it to the side and on to something else. And you're just like, man, I just spent so much money on that. And they don't seem to care at all. It's, it hurts, right? That's not so fun. But you want to know something? We do that with God time and time again, right? We get saved. We accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we're like, man, this gift is amazing. This gift is awesome. And then after a while, we kind of push it to the side and start doing our own thing. No, we need to spend time with this gift. Pray, read the word of God, spend time in his presence, Amen. I asked my wife what, we want, what she wanted for Christmas this week, and um, with us being in a new house and everything like that, she really didn't want much. I asked her, and she said, Michael, I don't want anything except memories with you. I just want some quality one-on-one time with you this Christmas. I don't want anything else. You want to know something? We should be like that with God. How many times do we do that, though, where we're just like, Lord, give me this, Lord, give me this, and we get mad at God for not answering our prayer in our way, but we should just stop and think about the gift of his presence. Hey, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to have a strong personal relationship with you. That's good enough right there. The gift of his presence, amen. The gift of his presence is a mighty, wonderful thing. The gift of his presence is the first gift. But not only that, we also see the gift of his praise. And all of these things, all these gifts, they go hand in hand the gift of his praise, and we see that in Luke chapter 2. Now, in Luke chapter 2, we see the birth of Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ was born in a manger, and then in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, we see the adoration of the shepherds. The adoration of the shepherds, and notice what happens here. After Jesus Christ was born, the Bible says in verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And, lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid." So what happened was Jesus Christ was born, the angel of the Lord goes to the shepherds and he says, be not afraid, Jesus Christ the Lord was born to you this day, the angels come, they start praising God, they start shouting, we see the first Christmas carol right there, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men, but notice what happened, they heard the gospel message, they received the gospel message in that moment, we see the gospel laid out right there, Jesus Christ the Lord, our Savior was born. Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. We see they received the gospel message. But notice what happens next. They responded to the gospel message. They heard the gospel message of Jesus Christ. They heard that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, the Lord, the Savior, the Messiah that they've been looking for. And they were inclined, they were compelled to respond to that gospel message. So look in verse 15, look what they do there. In verse 15, the Bible says, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. He's saying, I heard this gospel message. I want to I wanna see the Christ. I want to see Jesus Christ and, and see the Messiah. Then notice what happens next after that. After they responded to the gospel message, look in verse 20. They go to Mary, they they tell Mary about what they saw, they see Jesus Christ the Lord, Jesus Christ the Son of God, and verse 20, notice what happens. The Bible says, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. You see, those shepherds couldn't help but shout and praise the Lord after hearing the gospel message. They couldn't help but shout and rejoice after spending time in his presence. You see, the gift of his presence, they had the presence of God, Jesus Christ, in their life. And what happened afterwards? They couldn't help but shout. They couldn't help but praise the Lord and say, man, oh, I was spending time in the presence of God. I've got Jesus Christ in my life and in my heart. Hey, we've got the gift of his praise in our life. We get to praise Almighty God. And once we spend time in his presence, we won't be able to help but go our way rejoicing and praising the Lord, and telling people how great, how mighty, how awesome our God is. The gift of His praise is in our life. We see that right there. But not only that, number three, the gift of His peace. We have the gift of peace under that tree as well. Luke 13 and 14, notice what it says there. The Bible says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. Good will toward men. That's the first Christmas carol right there. Now, while well, when these angels had sung this, they had sung what they have never sung before. Glory to God in the highest. Now that was an old, old song. They sung it before the foundations of the world. We see that time and time again in the Old Testament. Glory to God in the highest. But now they sang it as it were a new song before the throne of God. For they added the stanza, on earth peace and good will toward men. Nowhere in the entire Bible was that ever said before. On earth, peace, goodwill toward men. But now they can say that. Now they can say glory to God and peace because Jesus Christ has come. Because Jesus Christ brings peace. Jesus is peace. That's what the Bible says in Isaiah 9 6 For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ is peace, and now we can rejoice about that peace of God. And now we can actually have the peace of Jesus Christ in our hearts and in our life. John 14, 27, Jesus said this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, giveth I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You and I, we can have the peace of Almighty God in our hearts and in our life. We have the gift of his peace in Jesus Christ. Now, how do we have his peace? How do we have it? It's simple. By playing with the other gifts. Playing with the other gifts under his tree, the presence, the praise will have his peace. Each gift goes hand in hand with the other. It's kind of like on Christmas morning and you open up one of your big presents and it's a PlayStation 5. Now, just with the PlayStation 5, you can't do much with it. So your parents have another present. You open that up, you got a controller. Now you can play the PlayStation 5, but you need a game. So you open up another controller, you open up, and you got a game there. You put it all together. Now you can actually enjoy what has been given to you, that Christmas gift. It's kind of the same thing with us in Jesus Christ. If we are experiencing the gift of his presence, we'll start praising the Lord, and we will start reason, realizing how big our problems are, or how big God is and how small our problems are. It goes hand in hand in hand. If we have the praise, if we have the presence, we will have the peace. And I'm not making this stuff up. That's exactly what the Bible says. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says this, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus." We see the gift of His presence there, prayer and supplication. You start praying to God. You start pouring your heart out to God. You're going to experience the presence of God because prayer is us talking to God. The next step on that list is thanksgiving. That's the gift of His praise. We start praying to God and, and, and praising God. You want to know what we'll have in verse 7? The gift of His peace. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The gifts go hand hand And hand and hand. We have the gift of his peace in our life if we're spending time in his presence and praising the Lord. But then there's one other gift under God's tree I want to look at today, and that's the gift of purpose. The gift of purpose. Verses 17 and 18, notice what the Bible says there. This is what the shepherd said. The Bible says, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds see after the shepherds saw their Savior they couldn't help but tell people about what had happened to tell people about what they saw and then verse 20 they went on their way rejoicing and praising the Lord they were telling people about Jesus Christ telling people about the Messiah being born you see the purpose is for us to tell other people about Jesus to point people to Jesus Christ. And we won't be able to help but do that, amen? Once we start having the presence of God, we start praising the Lord, we've got his peace, we won't be able to help but say, hey, I want to show you what I have. I want to show you what Jesus Christ has done for me. That's the gift of purpose in our life. It's kind of like this. Once you have that PlayStation 5, once you have that controller, you got the video game in and you're playing it for for a little bit and you realize how great this is, you want to know something? You want that other gift, which is another controller. So you can play with your friends. You see, once you start playing with that PlayStation 5, you're going to want to play it with somebody else. Once we start living the Christian life and spending time with our best friends, we're going to want to tell other people about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and what he has done for us. That's the gifts of his purpose. You see, his gifts are way better than our gifts, and his tree is way better than our tree. Now, I mentioned that. I mentioned God's Christmas tree. I mentioned the gifts under the tree, but these only come when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You see, you can't have the gift of his presence until you accept the gift of his salvation. You can't have the gift of his praise until you accept that gift. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ your Lord. I'll close with this. It's a poem called God's Christmas Tree. I I found it on Pinterest of all places. But It says this. Some people, when a Christmas tree they see, may only think it's just a tree. With shining lights and a star so bright, and pretty colors that gleam in the nights. But to me it's so much more than lights and stars and ornaments galore. For when a Christmas tree I see, this is what it means to me. At the top is a star shining so bright, like the one that shone that first Christmas night. Or an angel like those who to the shepherds did sing, glory to God for the newborn king. The tree made of wood with its branches spread wide, is like the cross upon which our Savior died. Its color evergreen means life everlasting, which can be yours if you will just ask him. Its lights, shining so pretty and bright, are like the light of the world, God's Son, Jesus Christ. Like pieces of tinsel, too many to count, are God's unending mercies, they freely abound. The ornaments are a bright crimson red, like great drops of blood that for you he shed. Garland gracefully wrapped around the tree is like God's grace which wraps you and me. The gifts under the tree are as nice as can be, but the greatest gifts ever is Jesus, you see, for he came to this earth to die on a tree, so you and I from sin might be free. So give him your heart, and happy you will be that his gift of life has made you free. How pretty are these wonderful trees, but none are as beautiful as God's Christmas tree. Let's all stand.